Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, people of all ages, welcome back to the Sticky Floors podcast. I am one of your hosts, CJ. I am joined by Mr. Will. We are back with season three of the Sticky Floors podcast. We took a little time off for some vacation. Mr. Will, what'd you do at your vacation time, man? What'd you do? Oh, man, I just spent a lot of time with the family, um, recalibrate a few things, uh, just enjoyed some uh, some downtime. Uh, what you get into, man? Man, I watched football. Uh, I watched the Baltimore Ravens almost make it to the Super Bowl, but not quite. <laughs> which, as a as a Steelers fan, was a, it was a little bit of a, a win for us. So, <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that. Uh, of course, of course, I watched a couple of movies, and uh, actually, I couldn't wait to get back, man. I couldn't wait to. To talk about movies. Um, by the time this airs, we will be into Black History Month in yes, America. Sir. And, uh, you know, we felt like, hey, it's Black History Month. We black. So we're going to talk about black movies. <laughs> so the first movie that we're doing tonight, we're talking about Marvel's Black Panther. You know, look, it doesn't have to add up for it to make sense. And that's how it is. We're doing that. <laughs> I do have to say, like, it's Marvel's Black Panther because this is not the other movie, Black Panther, which, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. does probably deserve. Yeah, which does deserve probably its own show one day. Um, but we wanted to come out of the gates talking about this one. Um, so this movie, I mean, like, there's so much to talk about around Black Panther. I think you got to start with the experience of going to the movie theater. So... Did you go to you saw this in the movie theater? Yeah, what no, was, I, yeah, what was it like for you? Day. What was that what was that, that experience like? It was uh enlightening. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. No, because uh I live in a pretty diverse area, so you had children of all ages wearing some type of uh black uh excuse me, Black Panther uniform, mm -hmm. suit, memorabilia, mm -hmm. whether it be a mask or um, necklace or uh, you name it, uh, like even beads, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Around the wrist, around the neck. Um, you had everyone practically walking up and doing the Black Panther handshake salute, whatever have you. The Wakanda um, Forever and, joint. Yeah. Yo, man, <laughs> people actually were talking about Wakanda like it was a real country <laughs> in Africa, <laughs> like trying to find it on the map. So, um, you know. <laughs> So, so it was it was very interesting yeah yeah very, well very yo it it definitely had like black family reunion vibes like it oh, was yeah, a lot of people yeah, like like taking yeah. pictures in the in the uh in the lobby and like taking pictures in front of like yo for real for real when you go back if you go back and you look in your facebook feed in 2018 oh yeah yeah you got so many pictures of people taking pictures in front of the black panther poster yeah. like with African clothing on, it was like a photo shoot experience for black folks, man. Yo, I haven't seen so much Kenti cloth in my life. And it yeah. was weird because I, it's from some of the people that were wearing it that, oh, wait, what, really? That you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was always, that was a part of it that, um, that was always a little strange for me because, yeah, I just, I just never, I just don't think about like, okay, so I've been like, me and you go to movies, right? We've been to Star Wars yeah. movies, right? It's nothing mm -hmm. to see people go to a Star Wars movie and a bunch of people are dressed like a Jedi or some people oh, yeah. are dressed like Plenty a Wookiee or a Star Wars character, right? 
but that's cosplay, right? Mm-hmm. If I go to a movie and I'm dressed up and I put on like African clothing, like is that a homage to the cultural impact, the cultural part of the movie, or is that cosplay? Because like I always, I always feel like, look, for me, it's clothing, it's a shirt. You know, like people have like mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes people will say like, well, African garb, right? Like it's. Mm-hmm not clothing. It's a shirt. Like, you know, I have a closet full of, you know, different African clothing. It's a shirt to me. It's warm. I put on a dashiki. I go outside. Right. Right. I'm not like more of an African person or less of an African person or trying to be like an African person (laughs) when I put it on no more than if I go to like, go see Goodfellas and I put on an Italian suit. I'm not in the mafia. I'm not like, maybe I just want to have an Italian suit on. I I don't really... I never really understood that, but but what I did like was that so many people, so many of us, lo- like that was so many people's first experience with like I'm going to buy something that yeah, yeah, yeah. looks like to me like this is like legitimate African clothing, mm. and I'm going to mm. wear it in public. Right, and that part, you know, I d- I dug that. Um, my theater was packed. Like this joint, because mm. the other thing is that movie came out in Black History Month, so that's February yep. 2018. Yep. Mm-hmm. F- theater was packed. I went and seen this joint three times. I said, "Seen? Yep." I went and seen it three times. I didn't even like it any of the three times I saw it. We'll get into that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but every time it was packed, every time it was packed, and, and this this movie made money. You know, this, oh yeah, this was like this joint did um, 1.3 million. At the box it's office, a lot of change. Yeah, it it's used to be. Change. It was. It was at the time. It was like one of the top ten highest grossing movies of all time, and mm. then it got passed by some things that have come out after that. Most recently, right. like Barbie and and um, the mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers and other movies have passed it. But incredible um, critical response, incredible commercial response. It had all of those things, right? And and get you were about to say something. Yeah, not to mention uh, critical acclaim and also uh, award-winning. So you already touched upon it being profitable. Um, one could debate that this is arguably the best Marvel movie and therefore worthy of so much more accolades. Mm, good question. Yeah, this one for me is uh, this is my number three favorite Marvel movie of all time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my first is Infinity War, which I love. And the right. second is... Um, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, and then I got I got mm-hmm. Black Panther squarely at number three. Hopefully, that doesn't diminish my black card by my saying that. <laughs> but that's uh, you know that that's where I have it. Um, you mentioned like some of the things that some of the awards that it won. Um, I think it was nominated. I think it won for um, what was it? Best Picture? No, no, no. It was nominated for Best Picture which was amazing. Um, it was also nominated for Best Original Score, which I think it actually won for. Best Costuming, which it actually won for. Um, and I think it won for another Academy Award thing. I can look it up a little bit later. But it, this was like, this this had the critical acclaim that you were talking about. Um, there's a there's a hot take that I have about this movie a little bit later that I'm gonna, that I'm gonna put on the table about it, but this this one on a lot of levels um i think also it delivered on the idea of a black superhero which up until this point 
Marvel hadn't really, I mean, had not really given you in a really direct way like this as a feature. Like a solo film. As a feature, yeah. Because they had the Falcon who was in, you know, Mm -hmm. the Captain America movies. Um, You had War Machine who was in the Iron Man movies. But this was a movie where this guy is carrying it himself. And that person Mm -hmm. is, of course, the great, um, the late, great Chadwick Boseman. Um, So... I know yeah, I know you I know Will you always talk a lot about the mo- about the the actors in the movies um I'm going to like pass it over to you to start that and cuz you know this this cast was amazing and of course we're going to spend a little bit more time talking about uh the king Chadwick Boseman as well Yeah but uh just to backtrack for a minute um so we're talking about Academy Award for Best Costume Design, ah, okay, Academy you. Award for Best Music, uh, Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance, mm-hmm. um, won by uh, Michael B. Jordan, uh, as well as the cast um, throughout that uh, particular film. You're talking about uh, Academy Award for Best Production Design, MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Villain, again, Michael uh, B. Jordan. to Michael mm-hmm. B. Jordan. And AACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture, Chadwick Boseman. Um, Screen Actors Guild Award for Outstanding Performance uh, by a Stunt Ensemble in a Motion Picture. Uh, People's Choice Award for Favorite Movie Actor, again, Chadwick Boseman. MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Movie. MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Hero. Teen Choice Award for Best Movie Villain. NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor, Michael B. Jordan. MTV Movie and TV Award for Best Performance in a Motion Picture, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, uh, BAFTA Award for Best Special Effects, excuse me, Best Special Visual Mm -hmm. Effects. Um, NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Supporting Actress, uh, won by uh, Denai Guerreri. I'm probably butchering her last name. Gurria? Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> no disrespect. No disrespect. Um, NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Motion Picture. Uh, NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Director in a Motion Picture. Satellite Award for Best Visual Effects. BET Award for Best Movie. Crit- Critics' Choice Award for Best Movie Production Design. Dang. So uh, Costume Designers Guild. I could go on. Literally... There's about 20 it, more. It won everything. That's what it did. It's, yeah, it won yeah. everything. Got it. Yeah, everything. But uh, the main purpose as to why I reference that is that it goes hand in hand with respect to the characters given their proper due due to the portrayal of the actors behind those uh, silk shirts and uh, rugged garb uh, <laughs> that they were rocking. Uh and I'll say I'll start off like this. Everyone knows the story of Mr. Chadwick Boseman, but just to uh, kind of like give a brief uh, backstory is here's a gentleman who um, one could argue is the modern day Denzel Washington uh, of this generation of our generation um, comes on strong. I don't know if everyone's seen it. Great portrayal in yep. 42. Um, yeah. Classically trained. In fact, one of his last uh, depictions is actually on stage, uh, and he was awarded too. And on top of that, um, he was uh, 
unfortunately terminally ill while performing in that in that last movie. Oh, I mean, excuse me, that that last play. Um, I think it's best where the suit design, which originates from uh, Tanahasi uh, Coates' uh, uh, image in comic books of Black Panther, which I think brought him more to the spotlight, actually gave more credence to his physique and his build because he went from playing Jackie mm-hmm. Robinson to then playing T'Challa, who's more obviously more regal, but mm-hmm. more muscular, more athletic, more. And you're talking about yeah. a baseball player, but his build and the devotion and the uh, specificity in making sure that he brought a sense of power mm-hmm. exuding without having to say much. I mean, it, it, it carries a lot. Uh, on the screen um, and and like also, and yo know, and oh, yeah, he's also ahead. i mean not only did he play jackie robinson he played thurgood marshall james brown that's correct like he was the he was yes, in, in many cases the like the um the biopic movie person for telling the story of these I mean, like very very prominent and iconic, iconic black people black men so I mean, like, and, and those roles are important because without those roles, maybe those stories, mm. those individuals don't get told in that way and certainly don't get told in that um, movie way that, that, that like, there's documentaries on Jackie Robinson, there's documentaries on James Brown, there's documentaries on Thurgood mm-hmm. Marshall. Movie does something a little bit different. Film makes it entertainment. And in yes. some ways that opens it up to a whole new audience of people to watch it. So to learn about those people, hey, that doesn't happen without an actor like Chadwick Boseman. Oh, the most definitely. And I think the thing that kind of goes underappreciated is that even when he was put to the back pages, such as playing Toth in uh, uh, God of uh, Egypt, (laughs) uh, right? right, Super, super cultural, cultural. uh, What what is it? uh, What is it when you misappropriate? Oh, forget forget that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Forget the. I was going to say, forget the fact that appropriation, cultural appropriation were not. We're not. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah, we don't even have to get. We that we don't even have to get into it. We already know, <laughs> like textbook None, cultural appropriation. Nonetheless, the way that he was able to uh, actually bring about some type of uh, mm-hmm. dignity to that role, in which the movie was grossly lampooned and criticized for the depictions and the portrayals and the cinema. Um, that to me it goes it goes a long way. I mean, uh, you're also talking about a gentleman who, um, even after uh, the whole superhero phase, if you will, uh, he was, was in really Twenty One Bridges. He was in uh, really yeah, good action actually. Movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And and to think, I think that's when he was really on the cusp of losing mm-hmm. more weight. You could see the 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 difference between him being uh, T'Challa and then all of a sudden him Mm -hmm. in uh, 21 Bridges as uh, Andre Davis, um, Detective Andre Davis, you could see like, all right, something's not right here. Something's amiss. Um, Even uh, the, uh, what is it? The the Five Bloods, that's Mm -hmm. the Spike Lee joint, right? Like even in that where he's playing the the fallen commander, uh, spoiler alert, um, he still manages to... uh, present himself as a very able beyond being able body but uh very commanding and domineering 
as and far that's, as and that's the thing. That. I mean, Chadwick Boseman, every role that he was in, he brought a presence to. Mm-hmm. So right away, yeah. he he has a certain gravitas. He had a certain gravitas, and it matches up very well mm-hmm. with the idea of a monarch or a king or yes. a warrior because he has mm-hmm. that kind of strength that just comes across without being like very in a braggadocious way, which I know in the movie, they kind of create a good yeah. juxtaposition around that. But go ahead though. With, um... Yeah. And I, I think uh, with respect to that, the comparison and the contrast in his last role in, uh, I think it's what Black is it? Ma Rainey's. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the way that he's able to actually engage the audience by actually literally mm-hmm. becoming that character. I know it's a phrase mm-hmm. that's used pretty often, but uh, you're talking about someone where you're able to see the changes that he's gone through throughout his unfortunately mm-hmm. very brief uh, movie, television, entertainment career. Uh, but you're also talking about a guy who's classically trained, who, um, who, who, you know, I think what goes, uh, uh, maybe not spoken enough is that he's been on plays Mm -hmm. off Broadway or whatever have you, but he is able to bring about a sense of like Mm -hmm. commitment and maturity and uh, uh, um, resiliency because, you know, being, being on off Broadway and I'm not an actor, but I've been to my, my fair share of Tell him, Will, you got culture. (laughs) You're a a culture dude. Tell him, man. man. (laughs) Well, I mean, <laughs> I try to dibble and dabble, you know what I mean? Like you don't know what right. you don't like until you try it out. Um, but there's certain things that draw a line and so oh, that's right. Know, as camera <laughs> Yeah. Um but nonetheless, um, you know, you you gotta understand like when he was doing these things, and I'm pretty sure everyone's familiar with the YouTube clip of him performing um I Ain't Mad at you by Tupac in that play in which they were going to have him as Tupac. I mean, like, to be able to recite that entire song verbatim, go into uh, a play in which mm-hmm. you have to memorize the script and may- maybe use a different side of your brain, present a different set of emotions, it's all the more why I applaud him as an individual, as a craftsman, as an artiste, rather than an artist. Um, the reason why I am... Uh, very satisfied with some of the things that otherwise were very questionable. And what I mean by that is uh, in Black Panther, um, his role, I would say, is a a trope, if you will, of the uh, Martin Luther King. We're going to get to that. Hold on. Wait, wait. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We we got (laughs) It's a lot about the movie that needs to be talked about. So we gotta get. Gotta let me. Let me. Yes, sir. But I don't want to spend up the but majority I, of time on him. Can uh, I just, definitely can I shout out one of the quick to Michael B. Jordan? Is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Please. When he played T'Challa yeah. in in this Black Panther movie, it would have been very easy because of how um, well received that character was in that role for you to never really see him as anything else yeah. besides T'Challa. But when you see him in oh, 21 yeah, Bridges casting. and when you see him in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, you don't see T'Challa anymore. You see no, no. 
whatever it is mm -hmm. that he's creating in that other thing, which is a real testament to his acting ability that he could transcend a character mm -hmm. that he put his stamp on so thoroughly that Marvel didn't replace him, right? Because that's how thoroughly people associate mm -hmm. Black Panther with him. And yet he was still in two, three, oh, three other movies, right? Because you forgot about, we forgot about the Five Bloods. Three other major mm -hmm. motion pictures where yeah. you don't initial, don't automatically think, oh, I'm looking at the King of Wakanda. Well, you said it. You hit the nail on the head with transcendence um, to the point where he became a cultural Absolutely. phenomenon when they had that Absolutely. ABC memorial uh, television sh uh, show. Um, and the fact that his uh, unfortunate transitioning was also kind of like art imitating life and life imitating art mm -hmm. in the second Black Panther movie where there were the delays and whether or not they should uh, even do the movie at all. And then the rewrites and the reshoots, it's a credit to the type of man he, he, he is, was, and remains. Uh, uh, and hence the reason why I've, I've indulged a little bit longer in trying to give him his just due and his flowers uh, because of uh, what he represents. And what he represents is for me, yeah. the epitome of black manhood of manhood as a whole, uh, of being a true human um, in every sense of those words. Um, because you're talking about someone who uh, commands a, a, a respect without having to yeah. do anything that's very domineering. You're talking about someone who is creative in a space in which there's a bunch of creators. But how do you outshine, say, for example, uh, uh, a Josh Brolin, uh, a Robert Downey Jr., a Gwyneth Paltrow. You're talking about the people um, in like the you know, Infinity War Julia movies. Yeah. I mean, his presence. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. Shout yeah. out to King Chad, man. Shout out, shout out to the King. He did it. He did it. Oh, yeah, he did definitely. his work, and he deserves all the praise that he receives, man. Yes. Y yes, sir. Um, and then, of course, uh, I you can't have a good mm -hmm. hero without a great villain, and that is a probably the, the the best compliment I could give to Killmonger, AKA Michael B. Jordan. Um, this gentleman also, you would think that he would have been typecast with respect to this role. However, he's mm -hmm. gone on to do the Creed trilogy. He's gone on to do uh, what's the uh, show on uh, Amazon uh, prime. I, oh, you're I, talking I about the movie without remorse. Yeah, without remorse. Um, yeah. The uh, yeah, Tom yeah. Clancy. Yeah, without remorse. Uh, joint. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is good. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. And, and yeah, and Raising Jordan, too. So, like, just to be, even though he's a soldier, mm -hmm. he's a different type of soldier in each movie. Um, so that goes a long way, too. And, of course, those with a little bit of age yeah. will remember him uh, from The Wire. Um, so, you know, like, this, this, he, like Chadwick, who is a mentor to him, managed to develop his craft hone it and and actually put his own spin as far as being in the same room with someone that yeah. commanded so and, much and attention. I mean, and and uh, like we the ver you our are, very first episode. So for you know if you go back our first episode we did Creed 2, mm -hmm. right? The Michael B. Jordan movie. And we yep, talked yep. about how that, you know, Michael B. Jordan is, you know, from our perspective, the modern day action hero. You know, like he took like that, I'm going to, you know, yeah. be buff. I'm going to be in shape. You know, I'm going to be, uh, be with the woman and I'm going to fight the mm -hmm. man. And 
He does that in the modern world. And the Creed movies do that. Yeah, like yeah. that that was the thing. Like Killmonger is a great character, but he also has Adonis Creed under his belt too, because of what he was able to do with those roles. So mm-hmm. like you said, a great counterbalance to somebody like Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa. Oh yeah. Because uh I, I'm pretty sure that volley that they were able to display mm-hmm. is what really captivated the audience even more so than the hype of the costume design and the imagery and, mm-hmm. and Kendrick Lamar on the soundtrack and run the jewels with the main theme song. So uh, shout out to him. Uh, definitely, definitely shout out to the ladies that were a part of this production and uh, this depiction. I mm-hmm. mean, we're talking about Lupita Nyong'o, uh Again, I butchered her la- her name last time, but um, Denia uh, Guerrero or Guerrera um, as a Koye. Uh, you're talking about um, even um, you know the funny thing is even Leticia Wright, who got so much like vitriol for her depiction of Shuri in the second Black Panther, the second Black Panther, she did a very good job as far as like a comedic, yeah, yeah. Uh, younger sibling, annoying kind of cocky uh like you you wouldn't have even have thought anything of it if the, she would have continued it's a that great same point they the, the when you watch this movie um, again the the chemistry between t'challa and shuri the big brother little sister hmm. thing it feels very authentic you know like yeah. it feels like a really authentic relationship Definitely. and like you said the second movie you don't have that and it and it doesn't really play as well and you could make a case that maybe all the characters suffer a little bit by yeah. not having the interplay with T'Challa. But yes. yeah, I mean that's a that's a great point um, with that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, of course you know last but definitely not least mm-hmm. the Queen, man, Angela Bassett. <laughs> the queen. If I think it's almost like. Don't get me wrong. She she did her thing in the second movie, but I think it's because of the first movie, which laid the roots, which showed her going through the wide range of emotions, being very stoic, being very regal, being very prestigious. And even even that that mystique around her as far as like her not even having to say mm-hmm. a word, but being in the room and she'll mm-hmm. say things like throw that mm-hmm. charlatan out. You know, she means that like, yo, yeah. You might have to you might have to bounce, homie. Like you might have to leave the room. Um, she's had a very stellar career. I definitely look forward to anything that she's in. This was being one of them. I I had no idea what the size of her role was gonna be, but it didn't even matter. I knew that it would be impactful, I knew that it would be long lasting, and I knew that if there was going to be a sequel, yeah, she would be pivotal to its success. Kind of. That's, that's what I was gonna say. That was about to say the same thing. In that regard. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's it's that type of lead female actress where, yeah, it's like you can't do without them. Like they are there for a reason, and they drive the movie, and they mm-hmm. remind you of so many different individuals, characters, and, and she immediately symbolism, provides a level of class and dignity the role right and it's interesting because you know like mm, yes. if you look at the screen time mm-hmm. and the comparison yeah in the second movie she gets a lot more screen time a lot more a lot more lines mm-hmm. she gets fewer yeah but it doesn't mm-hmm. hurt her and it's still the character doesn't become diminished and a lot of that is just 
the the idea of Angela Bassett more so than even the character itself. That's why, you know, it's Angela Bassett, man. But it's also the her ability, which not many actors and actresses mm-hmm. have. Absolutely. The ability to do more with less. Some people tend to overact. Some people tend to Absolutely. You can even see that they're not as passionate because they don't have the screen time or the uh, lines per se. But no, yeah. she she did the most with very little to the point where I think it commanded the fact that they rewrote everything based upon knowing, okay, well, at least yep. she's coming back and she can carry the movie for us. And shout out to, of course, the, the one of yep. the one of my favorite actors, Mr. Forrest Whitaker. Uh, Andy Sekis, uh, who most people will know him for his uh, green, uh, green uh, background it, roles with the did the guy, did the golem, yeah. nodules yeah. all over his body and stuff, where he played Smeagol. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, definitely he he and he's a a good director too, mind you. Um, I also want to make sure that I give uh, some flowers to uh, Winston Duke for Mbaku. his uh, yep. portrayal as Mbaku, the the great gorilla. Yes, sir. Uh, he he definitely definitely was a, a, a show stealer in that, um, and also to uh, Daniel Kaluuya. 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 Um, <laughs> uh, I'm, why am I butchering these names? Kaluuya, tongue tied, man. Some tongue. You know what? That's I what think it it's is. because That's I was so you're not ready. You're, you're, not, you're, you're warming up. It's like it's up. it's like you had the bye week, and yeah, now nah. you're coming back yeah, for the definitely. first for the first half. Your offense isn't working the same well, you, way, and then. You know, on the last half, then you start. Then yeah. all the passes will be complete. Then I got you. I got. You. Yeah, we we were off for a minute, but you know we'll get cooking. And then, last but not least, um, Mr. Martin yes. uh, Freeman uh, yes. for his portrayal of Everett Ross. Um, yeah, we got. Yeah, we're gonna la- last but not amazing least, cast. I mean, yeah, Sterling definitely. K. Brown, right? Great cast. Sterling K. Brown, right? Right. Just cut right. Small oh, role, but yeah, does him. a lot with it. You know, still he was still getting his uh, what is it? This is us checks. You know, Black Panther gave you something different there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a this is an amazing ensemble cast. I know you love great ensemble casts and movies, and this is this is certainly. I think the audience, yeah, I think the audience knows by now my preference, and by highlighting this cast, you not only see the the different styles, the different uh, ways that they go about being who they are, but the way that they're able to become one amalgamation, one movement, uh, they're able to actually work off of each other Mm -hmm. in such a way where they help bring out the best in each other. Um, It's a credit to them as actors and actresses and as people, um, because, you know, oftentimes you'll have that one diva or that one jerk on there who, you know, basically sabotages a project, but not in this case. Uh, I think all of them wanted to see the best in each other and bring that, that. Yeah. That there was all, yeah, one of the things uh, to around the marketing of this movie was the, everybody was together. So when they would like do an interview, everyone was in the interview mm-hmm. and it always, yeah. I watched all those interviews and it was like, man, they seem like they mm-hmm. really like each other. Like they were, a cast, but it seemed like they made a deeper connection yeah. to the work. And I think part of that is also the, 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 you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, when you're doing something that's bigger than what it is or what it looks like it can be, you know, like there, there's like, yes. there's like a moment where it moves beyond like project mm-hmm. to purpose. And I think like somewhere along the lines of making this movie for everyone yeah. involved, it was like, 
oh, this is for a higher purpose. Like we're doing something that's going to stand the test of time and it's bigger than that. And it kind of brought everybody together, you know, even a little bit more. Um, and I think that's the experience that, that like, yeah. I think black people have had with this too, as well. Like it might be number 19 on the, the, you know, highest grossing films. If they re-release this every black, every black history month, this joke, this joke would get, it would eventually get to number one. Cause like people would go in February and watch it. And if anybody takes that idea, you heard it here first on the Sticky Floors podcast that Black Panther can be, should be re-released every Black History Month because <laughs> people would love to go see it, you know? Of course. Matter of fact, to that point, I don't purchase many like uh, CDs, I mean, excuse me, DVDs, et cetera, et cetera. I actually bought this and I bought it because my eldest mm-hmm. daughter actually said, hey, dad, can you buy this? So, you know, mm-hmm. it goes a long way how it broke different generational gaps. Uh, you know what I mean? Like this was a talking point or it was. piece, uh, conversation yeah. and piece. That, and that's a, uh, that's a many good families, segue into mine included. talking about a couple of the other cultural parts about this as well. Because, you know, I started off by saying I, I went to I watched this three times. Right. And. Every time I went, I saw the movie theater, movie theater was packed. Mm-hmm. I never really left the theater really liking it. And part of part of the reason why in the beginning was that, mm. you know, there were elements of the movie I just had a problem with. Um, the main thing really happens, really the main issue is like what happens with Everett Ross's character um, and the idea of like, you know, like we've said like the idea of like the white savior at the end of the film and and that character being a representative of the CIA. Mm-hmm. And that's culturally, um, right. I don't want to say irresponsible, but it's like, it's culturally confusing. Like for me to watch that movie and to say like, well, why would you even make a movie and put the CIA guy in and have him play a hero role? And it made it really hard for me to fully embrace this movie. Right. And then you know, there's also, I don't really like kind of like the way, I think it, it if, if at the end the message is Wakanda should open up its doors to the world and give its resources to the rest of the world, I didn't actually like that message either as well. I felt like that was kind of oversimplified and ignored some of the nuance of whether or not the world even deserves what Wakanda has. You know, like even like, like even that mm. part was, was questionable for me. And it kind of gets to something that we talked about when we did the baby boy, when we talked about baby boy. And that's like when, when a black film is made and ba- and black Panther is a black film, right? When that's, when that's made, there's a pressure on these <laughs> films to not only tell a good story, but also to be culturally relevant. Right. And to try to in like engage certain ideas and concepts that are important to black people without, and then balance that with like trying to still tell a, a story. And I know like there's, everybody's got like someone to answer to. And I never, I never know how much creative control a director has, but I always wonder like, do you have the ability to say, Hey, you know what? Maybe this right. guy can't be in the CIA. Maybe that's not where we're, we're not gonna have a CIA hero on the African continent because that that's like questionable. Mm-hmm. If we're thinking about, Patrice Lumumba in the Congo, where she thinking about uh, Kwame Nkrumah in Ghana and and what the CIA has been alleged to have done there in those countries and with those individuals. Is that fair to say that or do that? 
I don't know if you can do that. I don't know. I don't know if they have the ability to, but I know like as the viewer, I'm thinking about that. And that hurts like my love or did in the beginning. And I, I know what the transition is there. But I also know that you mentioned the idea of the trope of T'Challa as like the the uh, Martin Luther King Jr. kind of character and, and that dichotomy and, you know, just kind of talking about that. Mm-hmm. Well, see, just to backtrack, because I think these two concepts go hand in hand. Um, I think most people are aware that the CIA during the early to late 60s was heavily involved in trying to sabotage mm-hmm. the uh, civil rights movement, and that it doesn't come as a surprise that um, uh, there are ample recordings of uh, Malcolm and Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, and the from FBI the CIA as, well. yeah. as far as what they were doing and when they were doing it. Um, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I, I don't think you can really make the distinction. Sure, FBI is domestic and the CIA is international. Foreign. But nonetheless, I think it goes to the point of mm-hmm. America being the so-called police of the world and, and casting that shadow mm-hmm. as far as its dominance, as far as what is acceptable and what isn't. Um, I think that there... Their influence is reflective in this movie with Everett Frost to it, uh, Everett to a degree, um, but I'm not yeah. sure if his intentions are as sinister. And what I mean by that is, um, he yeah. didn't go out and start utilizing propaganda. He didn't try and mislead anyone. I think he came from a very earnest and forthright place. But again. It is what he represents as a whole, as far as uh, you know, coming in and saving the day. Because he's a, he was a, like the way it's interwoven is that no one mm-hmm. is all one thing in these move in this movie, but in, in most movies, you have mm-hmm. Everett. He's a fighter pilot, and everybody knows that that's his background. And most people know that you know there is a a vast amount of individuals who go into service. And one of the areas of public service is serving in the military and then mm-hmm. graduating into one of the alphabet soup organizations. Um, yeah. So I think he has a real commitment there with as that, far as with wanting organization, to do good. Yeah. Yet he associated with uh, yeah. uh, that may have some questionable uh, deeds and such. So therefore, you know, mm-hmm. there there's no reason. There, there's a reason why Zuri calls him a colonizer. There's a reason why there's Absolutely. suspicion and doubt as far as even bringing him back to Wakanda. There's a reason why Mbaku starts barking at him when he talks yeah. starts uh, grunting. And, but here's a, and, but here's and a, here's the thing though. Why, like, yeah, you, you know, <laughs> whether or not the character, and I agree, like they make Ross's character likable. And they make him helpful to the conclusion of the movie in a positive sense, mm-hmm. right? But he's still the CIA agent, yes. right? I always think, like, I look I look at this and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you already created the fake government agency right. in S.H.I.E.L.D. You already created the fake terrorism organization in HYDRA. Just say he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Like, right. I, I, I would be questioning still, but at least I wouldn't be yeah. saying CIA, mm-hmm. you know, because there's a... Right. There is a there is a a, histo- yeah. a history behind that that term behind that term behind that agency right, and it's like and it's like I remember yeah. um, when when Black Klansmen oh, came course. out right and there were people who 
the criticism of Black Klansmen is that that movie mm-hmm. sort of portrays the FBI as this organization that's doing good, right? Because you have this Black, black FBI agent, which is a real story, okay? Mm-hmm. But that paints the organization by virtue of mm-hmm. that individual in an, in a light that does not gel with many um, mm-hmm. revolutionary black organizations in America and people that were part of those organizations and people who had relatives who were incarcerated by those organizations to this day, right? So as soon as you put it in there, if you put something good next to mm-hmm. something bad, you know, if the good, if the light is right. brighter on the good thing, it can kind of make the other thing not look quite so bad. Yo, just make him just make Everett Ross a shield agent, and I'm I'm good with it. You know, like I, right, right. I'm not good, but I, I'm a, I'm not as as bad with it. I mean, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. I guess I guess the the turning point for me is right, right. Um, during COVID. This you know this was on Disney Plus, and my daughter and nephew would watch this movie like every day, right? And I would like watch them watch it. And I would yeah. see how much they loved it, right? And I started mm-hmm. looking at it from a little bit of a different lens. And I realized that I was bringing, like, I'm bringing my lens as me, an adult, watching it. And with all the things I know, they could just love, gosh, I like Okoye. Okoye mm-hmm. is tough. Black Panther is a hero. Shuri's smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and all the black characters in this movie, they all have, like you said, they're two right. things. They both have maybe some things that aren't so great, but they also have some very enduring qualities also, right? And even, and they show vulnerability in all these depths and levels that we don't often mm-hmm. get a chance to see black characters have in superhero movies, sometimes not in movies in general, but definitely not in superhero movies. And watching them watch it, made me love this movie more and i it allowed me to appreciate all the things that you mentioned that were the reasons why i got all those awards because it is a very well-made movie and the acting is amazing and the costuming is amazing and the music is amazing it's Mm -hmm. a really really well done film and yeah i have to suspend some of my political ideology to enjoy it fully but i also but i also realize that it's not the job of this movie to like meet my standards of like of a political film about an African nation with a African mm. king who also happens to have superpowers. You know, like if I'm if I'm watching if 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 next week Patrick Mahomes decides right. he wants to come out and make a have a press conference about police brutality, should I expect that to sound like if it was Louis Farrakhan? Probably not. You know, it's 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 probably not going to sound like that. You know what I mean? But that but it is what it is at, at mm. its level. <laughs> and I think what I learned for, to love about this movie is that at its level, it's telling a really good story about a black hero and his family. And I can, I can get with that. You know what? Um, I forget the specific verse in the Bible, but Essentially, you're supposed to look at the world with mm-hmm. a wonder and amazement with the eyes of a child. And I'm paraphrasing very crudely. And I think that's what is the commonality between all people, whether whatever their race, ethnicity, gender, um, you know, sexual preference. I think the human experience is embodied in this movie more so than the other movies. Um, mm-hmm. It's more grounded. 
like you don't really get the sense of uh, superpowers or anything like that. Um, uh, you could say that, yeah, all right, he takes the heart-shaped herb, and when he tapes that, he gains this uh, supernatural power. Well, I'm pretty sure all of us have seen those shows where uh, um, they used to come on, uh, what was it, NBC or CBS mm-hmm. or maybe even ABC, where it mm-hmm. showed individuals with superhero, uh, superhuman strength yeah. They were able to pull a bus or they were able to, or you hear those stories about when adrenaline kicks in. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think that there's any difference than, than one of those, those stories. Um, I also would comment on the fact that um, here you have these two individuals in Mbaku and in uh, uh, T'Challa who mm-hmm. gradually develop a, a true kinship, a true brotherhood and it's it's basically baptism through fire that both of them were thrust in these leadership roles with more on the job training than the preparation that they had because they were put in those situations uh in a very uncanny manner and that's in the MCU whereas in the comic book verse uh most people know that Mbaku is one of uh Black Panther's uh villains um uh, but nonetheless, in this movie, I think that the way that they balance the different personalities by showing glimpses as far as individuals who have redeeming factors and then and and, and characters um, that have a maybe less of yeah. a uh, ideal role in in life or or the civilization. Yeah, I mean, I, and and the other thing that you just said there that uh, I think is really dispute. also makes this movie really really endearing is. The idea of like, okay, so T'Challa's powers come from the heart-shaped herb, but there's like a ritual process for developing the herb, for you know mm-hmm. using a pistol to grind it down, right? Which is very, um, very, um, um, what's the word mm-hmm. I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say ancestral, but it's like an older way of doing things, right? So it's got that vibe. And then at the same time, you have the civilization where they have flying yeah, of jets, course. right? And like trains that are running on, on a, you know, vibranium. It really is like the mm-hmm. idea of Afrofuturism. Right. And even the costumes and what they have, one thing doesn't over, over supersede the other. And mm-hmm. I think because of that, it helps the movie to be grounded. Because even in T'Challa, like T'Challa's got to go through this very ritualistic combat, combat in order to be the king. Like... And 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 then to make it even really really dope, I thought is they take mm-hmm. they stop him from being a Black Panther to do it. So like, yeah, you can be the king, but first you got to prove that you can beat a man as yourself. Mm-hmm. So you're worthy of being the Black Panther, yeah, because you're worthy you can, of you've this proven honor. that you can be the king and you can be a warrior even without that. Mm-hmm. Which is which is like not mean he didn't get the powers by accident. He didn't get the powers to a science experiment gone wrong. He's not like a like someone who government expe- like experimented right. on. He has taken this mantle mm. of responsibility by demonstrating before he even got it that he was worthy of it. Well, I think that also that there's another see, this movie is full of parallels. And, and it complements each of these things very well. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a so-called third world country. Now, just think about that term in itself. You know, the varying degrees of the continents, countries, regions within this pecking order. 
yet they are the most advanced from a technological standpoint and able mm-hmm. to heal those who are citizens of the so-called leader of the free world. Mm-hmm. And then at the same token, um, they do adhere to tradition. Um, I, I, the, the, the contrast uh, or compliment mm. rather that I would draw is when I watch any of the uh, anime from Japan where mm. they'll have samurai and then in the next minute, they'll have like this futuristic ray gun yeah. or, or some type of hydroplane. Yeah. And you're like, wait, this is supposed to be med- medieval Japan. What are you doing with a television set? And I think that this movie being one of the first that I can recall that is focused on Afrofuturism is something that mm-hmm. like brings to the forefront like, oh, wait, black people do this too. And uh, they they should be celebrated and, 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 and honored as such as just any other culture that you appreciate uh, what it is that they bring to the yeah. table. Um, and, and I think that's why a lot of the children were like, Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I like, I like Zuri. She's, she's the, you know, the, the, the genius with mm-hmm. that makes all of this possible. Oh, I like the fact that there's a cadre of scientists that work hand in hand in conjunction with what she's developing in the suits. And yet, at the same token, you can have that 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 yeah, talk uh, about that comedic role that 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 yeah. le- that levity where she's like, "What are those?" Something modern at the time about his sandals, or uh, you can have that playful banner back and forth when um, mm-hmm. they're coming out of the river and Zuri and uh, Chala do their handshake, and then um, he. He's, the mm-hmm. mother tells her, the queen tells her to get dressed or whatever, and she gives him a, a profane gesture. Like those things show like that wittiness, that banter, that yeah. that you know, these are things that are timeless between brothers and sisters or any siblings yeah. for that matter. Yeah, and, and, and that is the other, like know, that, um, just to just to go back to what something to go back the and forth with idea of the Afrofuturism part. I think this movie also probably ushered a lot of people into the world of science fiction created by black people. So like stories like that. So people like going and reading books by like an NK mm. Jemison or someone like that who yeah. writes future kind of science fiction stories like that, but from a definite of a black perspective, that's like helpful. You know, like that that expands the the um the field of what is offered by black people and what can be consumed by black people from a culturally relevant standpoint. So, you know, like there's so much, there's so much in, in this movie and we, you know, we'd be talking for hours about it, but we're not going to do that. But we're not, we're not... Yeah, no, but I do want to, I do want to piggyback real quick off of something you said where you're talking about science fiction. Um, and this also harkens to Thor in which Jane says, uh, Natalie Portman's uh, character says that, you know, science fiction led credence to actual science. Well, you're talking about their airplanes and we've gone over the technology, but, um, and then you just mentioned about how that led to individuals actually discovering uh, science fiction in a new way and even comic books and just that whole genre. Well, lo and behold, you have the discussion Mm. of Charles Page, who is one of, if not the first person to invent the airplane. We all know the Wright brothers, but now you have this movement swirling to bring to the forefront that, no, it was Charles Page. And due to racism, his plane was taken off of a train, broken, disassembled, 
scattered and so there it is look at that black history facts during the black history that month he should have right on the black panther show is educational <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's educational edutainment is what we give you um all right so we, we talked about i think we talked a lot facts. about the just the cultural um cultural influences <laughs> around this movie and how this movie influenced the culture as well so let's talk about the cake so um for those who have not are not familiar with the show cake when we talk about things about the movie that we just really right. liked, um, as you can imagine, it's probably a bunch of things. Um, I'm going to keep mine pretty short and quick because I, I know that there are like there are like major move major moments in this movie that are just great. There are a couple of smaller moments that happen that I really just I really love. Um, mm-hmm. One of the moments is when T'Challa first goes to the ancestral realm. And he's talking with his father and he first, he like, he like kind of kneels down in front of him and his dad says, mm-hmm. um, you know, stand up, you are a king. And it's like, that's such a great, I mean, like it, it just automatically lets, reminds T'Challa of who he is because in every other world, he is the king, but he thinks in the ancestral world, he is mm-hmm. not somehow differential to his father. And his father reminds him, no, now, even here, you are the king. Everywhere you go from now on, you're a king mm-hmm. and you have to carry yourself as such, right? Little jewel and nugget. Mm. That's, I love that part. And I also love when he tells him that, um, I'm going to, it's not verbatim, but he tells him that, you know, T'Challa is a good man with a good heart and it is hard for a good man to be king. And you don't really know what that really means until later in the movie when you kind of figure out the hard choices that mm. T'Chaka has had to make as a king that maybe T'Challa wouldn't, right? And there's there's like that tension, which is not one of my favorite things between like what T'Chaka does and what T'Challa does. But I like the idea of T'Chaka trying to tell him mm. it's hard to be in charge. You're not going to be liked. You're not going to be loved all the time. And sometimes you may be hated, but at the end of the day, you're going mm. to have to make decisions that are in the best interest of the kingdom or of the country. And and that's like I just like like that as a as a theme in a moment. Um, the other thing I'll say like as a moment of of like some of the cake is I love the scene where Ross is talking with T'Challa and Okoye, and Okoye is talking to T'Challa in the Wakanda na- language, native language, and Ross is kind of being a jerk, and Okoye is giving him jerk back a hundred percent, and I love it, right? What I also love is the way T'Challa handles it because T'Challa is always regal. You know, like he's never like, he, he, he even convinces, he convinces Ross that he's going along with him when really he put a sound tracking device on, on his back. And it's like that little moment is really showing you just right, kind right. of the elevation that, that T'Challa has because he's like, got all the different ways to go about solving a problem. He could force you, but he's going to try to influence you. You know, like he's got all these different things and it shows like there's cleverness to what he does. Right. And I, and I like that. And then um, the last little moment um, that I would say is, and you mentioned it, the initial interaction between him and Killmonger and Killmonger says, um, something to the effect of, you know, well, you're you're here, you know, like you could have been helping all the people. And T'Challa's response is instantly like, I'm not king of all people. I'm king of Wakanda. 
right? And it's very, it's mm-hmm. like, it's such a, it's such a moment that shows like very like this character is grounded in his reality, and when other people and and T'Challa is never influenced by Killmonger's ideology. Mm-hmm. He doesn't actually believe Killmonger's ideology. He questions the way that Killmonger was treated. As an audience, we're left to try to figure out like, well, which one is better? Is it better for Wakanda to be by itself or is it better for Wakanda to try to help everyone, help in parentheses, because that's not actually really what happens. But T'Challa never really changes on that. And when he does, he kind of changes in a way that I don't like, but it makes sense for mm-hmm. the character. <laughs> but but those are my three, that's my three slices of cake. Like I said, quiet moments. There's bigger pieces that are great in the movie. I know that, but those are the three things, the three scenes I really liked. What you got, man? No, it's, it's all about your preference, man. Um, for me, I'm going with... Uh, one, like you said, the uh, initial interaction between T'Challa and Killmonger. Um, you have that palpable mm-hmm. tension because mm-hmm. you already know that T'Challa knows what's going on. He knows who Killmonger is, but he's trying to be strategic yep. in how he delivers the news. And he's given his cousin mm-hmm. ample opportunity to back out, save face, not show disgrace. And we can do this in a more civilized manner, which always mm-hmm. harkens me back to Max Julian saying, hey, you know, we can get into some gangster or, you know, we could keep it like gentlemen. And he says it in reverse. But nonetheless, that's where my mind automatically goes. And you see these two incredible actors going back and forth where they actually dive in to what's transpiring and what's going on. Um, My other favorite part of the movie is uh, the interaction between the... uh, curator in the mo- in the museum and killmonger where where yeah where he literally breaks it down where you are left with this ethical and moral uh uh, uh problem where is it permissible in the name of archaeology and history to dig up other human beings grave sites and put them on display so that we can learn more or appreciate what it was that preceded us um and he even breaks down and goes into further depth. But I love those scenes in which the actors themselves get it, are able to shine. And last but not least, I'm definitely going to say the culmination of all of that is uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character Killmonger's death scene in which him and his cousin have a heart to heart ranging from them being on the rails, him complimenting for his fighting prowessness all the way to the point where he hearkens yeah. to the time of his yeah. ancestors. Yeah, I like that. Bury me amongst to bury me of my ancestors who knew death was better than uh, enslavement. Servitude, yeah. What, yeah. No, I mean, Killmonger is like... Um, yes. Yeah, Killmonger is, Servitude. I think, yeah, what definitely. you think revolutionary like action looks like at a certain level, you know, it's interesting. Cause like one of the tensions in the movie is, well, you know, Wakanda's like kind of closed off. Right. And Wakabi mm-hmm. says, if you let foreigners in, they bring their problems with them. Right. And then soon, and then soon Wakanda's like everybody everywhere else. Yeah. Right. So you got that tension and then you got Kilmar who kind of comes along and says, mm. y'all saw everything that was going on and didn't help anyone. Right. And both of those have validity to them. And and it's not like, you know, it's a Marvel, it's a Disney movie. It's not going to get into mm. the nuts and bolts of that in any real way. 
But where I think Killmonger's thing goes off track is where he goes from, of course not. we're going to support these other countries and their conflicts to now we're going to make Wakanda the new ruler of the world. And that, and that becomes, that's where it's, it breaks from like Pan-Africanism and it becomes really imperialism yeah. at that point. And he even says the whole line about um, the sun will mm-hmm. never shine on the, will never fall on the, the, the kingdom, the right. empire of right. Wakanda. Right, which is a line from a European country or something. Yeah, the sun will that, never set on the uh, yeah British country. That's Empire. where that line comes from. So, um, you know, like it's just interesting, like how they kind of play with that. And British. I know some of that is done just to distort the character um, of Killmonger to make you align more with T'Challa. And it's all kinds of prop- propaganda and manipulation that happens in the movie mm-hmm. of your emotions. And this is one of the reasons why it's hard for me to have this as my number one joint, but. That's where that is. Um, all right. So so with that said, so we're going on into our hate. So um, got a couple things that we're hate, a couple <laughs> things that we hate. Um, yo, I, I think we, we know for sure the Everett Ross as the um, white mm. savior joint, that just doesn't work for me. That's in my hate box for sure. Um, I also, the, the CGI broke down in the final fight scene. They didn't bake it. They didn't bake it long enough. <laughs> it got to it kind of looks a little plastically. It kind of looks like a little plastic at the end. Mm. Um, yeah, I didn't like T'Challa turning on <laughs> on the anse- on the Wakandan ancestors, and like that second scene yeah. when he visits revisits the um, revisits the the ancestral realm. Mm. The way that he kind of talks to them about yeah, you all were wrong, and you know all this. It it kind of it kind of um, is the perspective that you can have when you're at the end of the something instead of the beginning of it. It reminds me a little bit about maybe kind of what we always do, what all of us do with our parents, how we get the ability to be able to be critical of everything our parents did and said, mm. but realizing that, not necessarily realizing that we were old enough, we survived mm. long enough to be in a good enough position to actually mm. throw stones at them to begin with. Right. Like I, I just, I never liked that scene too much. And uh, the last thing I would say right. on the hate is I didn't like they killed Killmonger. Famous. I think they could yeah. have kept Killmonger around. You've seen what they did with Loki. The character arc they've done with Loki has made Loki probably one of the most favored, right, favorite right. characters in the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. They could have done the same thing with somebody like Killmonger if they would have kept him alive. Maybe Michael B. Jordan didn't want to be tied to Marvel mm-hmm. for 10 or 15 years. I don't, I don't blame him if he doesn't, but that uh, that's my hate. Mm. Oh man, that's tough. Uh, definitely, I'm with you with respect to the uh, uh, the special effects CGI towards the end. Uh, definitely the the just the way that it was put together. I know, and no disrespect to the individuals who do put in hard work. I understand that the job is very difficult, demanding. Uh, there are so many time restraints, but um, let's look at it as an area of improvement. Uh, I displeased with the uh, overall maintaining uh, maintaining of uh, Killmonger's character. I too disagree with the fact that they killed him off. In fact, Marvel has a bad habit of either underdeveloping their villains and not allowing them to fully uh, cook and marinate and do their thing, or once they do, they're one-offs. And I don't know something about the fact of having 
a long lasting villain who's able to come back, plot, strategize, revamp their way. Uh, mm-hmm. It actually is is more encouraging, more thrilling, more enticing than just seeing one villain and then they're done. Um, and last but not least, um, I don't want to harp on it too much, but again, um, I want to be able to go <laughs> into a movie and um, not have to deal with so many underlying uh, things. You know, sometimes a rock is just a rock. Um, I, I get, I get the symbolism. I get the comparisons, the metaphors, the similes. I, I get it all. However, um, you know, there is the political division. There is the, uh, the, what does it mean to be a man? What does it mean to be the leader of a country as well? The leader of your own family. And more importantly, what does it mean to be a black man in the planet on in earth, uh, excuse me, in, uh, in the United States, in Africa, as well as uh, a world citizen. I get that it's permeating throughout the pores of this movie. Um, <laughs> but I, sometimes I don't want to be browbeaten. It, no, it's um, hard, man, because sometimes I just want to like, be able to go into a movie. Theater I think that ends up being uh, like part violence. of the burden of the black films. Right. <laughs> you call me crazy. And then it also is like what we bring to it as well. You know, like you, you've questioned me on that many times with the way that I look at certain mm-hmm. movies. Is that, is that the intention of the director or is that me, you know, right. like to some extent, and that's, that's the beauty of film is that to some extent it's mm-hmm. like people get a chance to go into a museum and they can stare at a painting yeah. and two people can look at the painting and see something totally different in mm-hmm. it. Neither of them may be seeing what the artist actually was trying to create. Right. We get a chance to do that with film. It's incredible. Right. It's, it's almost, it's almost impossible. I think in, in such a Indeed. racially charged world that we live in to view anything, it's hard to view anything just on its own merit. You know what I mean? Like we've talked about the system of racism and how that works mm-hmm. in like in education, economics, entertainment, labor, law, politics, right. religion, sex, and war, all of that. Right. Nearly fully junior and Dr. Francis Cress Welsing have broken that down. It's real things, right? So it's real and you know it's there. And it's almost like mm-hmm. it kind of makes you have to turn it off or turn it down, <laughs> turn the volume down to enjoy things. Mm-hmm. It just gets turned way up when you're watching a movie like Black Panther. You know, like, yeah. yo, you can watch <laughs> the Captain America the Winter Soldier and just be like, I just want to watch Cap in the Winter yeah. Soldier fight. You know, I don't care if it's if you're trying to say the government is corrupt and they're trying to kill everybody. Like, I don't care. I just want to watch that happen. It's harder to do that with with this movie because <laughs> there's real like as black people we watch it with real stakes like it's real stakes for like T'Challa and Killmonger and whose ideology of what an African country with vibranium should be yeah. like it's, it's kind of it's all kind of crazy when you think about it right. Well, that's the whole reason why a lot of people thought Wakanda was a real country. Um, they're not able to distinguish that, you know, this is fiction. Mm-hmm. It's not real. And this is the real world. How about that? The problems are distinct. How about that? All right. So we got here. questions, right? So we're going to jump into the questions. Part. I got two. I had a bunch of questions, but I got I'm gonna ask you two. Television so here's show. my first question. How likely is it that Wakanda would allow an American outsider to become king? <laughs> so okay. this whole movie, like the whole thing rests on the idea that they're going to allow T'Challa to mm. fight Killmonger and the winner of this fight is going to be able to run the entire country. 
would the council of elders really agree to that wouldn't wouldn't like the old lady with the cane wouldn't she have been like oh hold on hold on hold on Mm -hmm. we're not betting the whole country on whether or not you can beat this dude in a fist fight because he might beat you he he looks tough like (laughs) we we do and you taking the black panther out of you we ain't right we ain't risking that you know what i mean like (laughs) <laughs> like this dude crazy like, mm-hmm. like like can't you see you know, he's a professional killer you've mm-hmm. been like here you know? i don't think he's you're been ready out for there. that like he's been yeah. outside like like would they have really done that would he's a professional really killer let them risk the whole country on that fight mm. <laughs> for real for real well here's the thing man one yeah. no they're not doing that but a little bit more in depth is you're dealing with people who respect tradition. They respect mm-hmm. hierarchy. A monarchy is really the right to rule because God chose these individuals and their bloodline remains consistent. So therefore, I I, I don't see how they could say, oh yeah, your cousin who uh, was somewhere out in the wilderness, we don't know what happened to him, what what his influences are, but we're going to allow him <laughs> right, in the short right. span that we know him of, oh, I don't know, yeah, five minutes not gonna make and 36 seconds. Gonna, wh- why risk it? What if he just slipped on a rock in the pool of water and, and fell down, down the, the river? And killed my like, that, one. That's, that's, just then not that's it? Like, all right. So yeah, so that that's one question. All right, second question is this. Okay, so in the beginning of this movie, T'Challa tells yeah, Ross you know, that... He's going to take Claw back to Wakanda because Claw is responsible for the death of Wakandans and stealing vibranium. But he let Ross mm. have Zemo, who killed his father, the mm-hmm. king of Wakanda. Wouldn't right. Zemo have had to go back to Wakanda to face a trial or whatever more than anybody else in the history of outsiders that are mm. enemies of Wakanda? I think this goes to T'Challa's benevolence and his tolerance of uh, enduring pain and suffering. This man mm-hmm. has watched literally countless of his people be murdered when the Chitari and the, because uh, even though it was off screen, uh, the Chitari as well as when uh, Thanos came and uh, for the second time and, bl- and blipped everybody out. Like, He's had to endure this over and over, whether he was directly or indirectly involved on screen or off screen. Nonetheless, he's had to to deal with these things. Um, He himself has had to deal with the physical hardships of losing himself to what it means to be his own king. You you just commented on it. Hey, he went to the <laughs> ancestral yeah. plane. And I know, and I know they tried to. So, I know they tried to. In, in a nutshell, this, I believe um, that uh, with the there would Falcon be some difficulty and the Winter Soldier, there, to put it mildly. Um, show where they actually had the Wakandans go and get Zemo. So they, I know they tried to catch it, but like I, I was watching and I was like, wait a second, you are going after Claw, but you let Zemo go to jail in America or wherever? Like, really? That didn't yeah. make sense. All right. Anyway, those are the questions there. Um, all right. So now we are into the part where we mm-hmm. just, we give the ratings. Um, for those who are not familiar, we do our ratings based on boxes of popcorn. We go from a system of one box to five boxes. One box is like if you're in the movie theater and it's all kernel, and I'm talking about the teeth cracking kernel where you got to go to the dentist the next week. That's one box. Two boxes is like 
the, the it's like half kernel, half good, but it's but dry. Three three boxes. It's like all right, this is a decent this is a decent bag of popcorn in there. You know, it was good, decent bag of popcorn. Half Four is like it's great. Now you're getting into like popcorn that you know comes from a high quality popcorn maker and everything. You're getting that. Five boxes of popcorn is like this is conflict free. Mm-hmm. Popcorn. This is Wakandan pop. This has got vibranium bits in it, vibranium salt. This is the mm-hmm. highest level popcorn that you could imagine. And uh, that's the scale that we use when we're rating, like, what do we think about these different movies? I'm going to go first on, Wakanda, on, on uh, Black Panther. I'm giving this four and a half boxes. This is, um, as I said, it became over time one of my favorite Marvel uh, movies. Number three all time would have been perfect if not for the CIA agent part, but I think I've beat that to death. So four and a half boxes. What you got, man? Ah, mm-hmm. uh, man, we're in simpatico because I'm rocking with four and a half as well. Um, this is a great movie for the family as well as good stuff. Good stuff. For, All right. So uh, final know, thoughts night, on the movie, um, just to wrap things up, checks off a lot of boxes. I would just say um, definitely that four and a half. two things. So my, my hot take, my hottest take on this is that I don't think there's a better black film made than black Panther. And I know that's, that's a lot. That's like, Oh, that, that makes my stomach hurt a little bit to say that. But when I think about it, yo, this is what I'm saying is this. Written, when you look at the writing, wow. directing, cinematography, mm-hmm. the costumes, the music, <laughs> acting, the story, the marketing, the promotion, the money, the accolades, mm-hmm. everything that goes into a film, I don't think there's anything that surpasses this in terms of the production. Now- that doesn't mean it's the most important film of all time. It might be the most important black film of all time. Mm-hmm. Just, but that that's a whole nother show and a whole nother debate. But this is probably the best overall thing right. that has been produced. This will last 20 years from now. Your kids will watch. Your kids' kids will still be watching Black Panther. And part of that, you know, is probably because of its connection to Disney, which maybe that's a little bit of a of a challenge. But Regardless, this is an excellent piece of film. And the other part I would say is that mm-hmm. Black Panther, the idea of the Black Panther of that hero is so important to so many little black boys and girls in the world, man, that have a hero that they can say, wow, this this man, this black man is smart. He's good looking. He's strong. He's rich. He's, he's, he's got superpowers. He's an authority. He's got family. He's got people that love him. He's got people that he loves. There's not a better, I don't know if there's a better character, better black superhero character than the Black Panther. And bringing that character to the screen in a high quality film does tremendous justice to the character. And mm-hmm. it allows so many young people to have a hero that they can call their own. And that's probably the thing that makes me love this movie the most. Mm. 
I would piggyback off of that by just saying this. I've noticed that there has been a trend with uh, uh, individuals finally being given their space, their time to present a more positive and constructive image of not only themselves, but where they come from. And I think Black Panther um, helped pave the way for a lot of the movies that have uh, come after, after it. And even those that are yet to come, um, we're still looking for the next quote unquote Black Panther movie. Um, I would definitely say that it's given opportunity to not only put the spotlight on those in front of the camera, but as well as those behind the camera. So whether it be the those that uh, helped with respect to the costume design, the uh, cinematography, the grips, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, great point. Um, Great production, the producers, you name it. Um, all of these individuals, even the way they came up with uh, the accent, uh, they actually, there's the story, you know, so uh, I would I would definitely commend um, those that uh, were the gatekeepers behind this film to actually see that there was something beyond than just the profits. And that, um, you know, I've constantly heard about how quote unquote black movies don't sell. Well, this uh, was a shining example as to a movie that could be entertaining yet profitable, mm-hmm. uh, receiving numerous uh, uh, accolades and awards and recognition for all of that, all of the above and then some. So shout out to black Panther and to all the black actors and actresses. And even to those who are, uh, are, are of a different uh, race, creed, uh, sexuality, whatever have you, that are able to display their talents and shine and 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 uh, lend their voices to highlighting their own specific enclaves, subcultures, uh, and uh, just their groups uh, that they're bringing to the forefront as well. And with that being said, CJ, uh, I would like to comment that I'm thankful for you continuing this journey with me. And the next movie that we'll be bringing to you guys is Yo, so next movie week we're bringing to you Robert Towns' camaraderie, but in shuffle. a very so fun we're digging, and we're digging in the great way. You know, we uh, did, CJ, we go way back we, uh, um, for a movie with important themes, right? That are that are very relevant to today and very relevant mm. to what we see in entertainment today. Yes, um, sir. So yeah, we're looking forward to breaking <laughs> that down. Um, once again, this is the Sticky Floors uh, podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and now we are on YouTube as well. Um, so what we want you to do is to like, um, subscribe, share, and comment because your comments help us to do this better. Um, thank you for, for taking the time to listen to us, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.